Chat What is going on, fellow chatters? On today's episode, I have Canadian internet celebrity Brittlestar. After he blew up on Vine, he parlayed his comedy on Facebook and Twitter, working with major brands like Disney and KFC. Also, with his wife Shannon, he has a twice-weekly morning show called The Morning Show Thing. But before we start, the coffee of the day is a yummy iced coffee from McDonald's. And now, my chat with Brittlestar. Well, Brittlestar, thanks for sitting down and joining me to chat. Happy to. Happy to. It's always a pleasure having great people on my show, sitting down, seeing what they're up to, seeing where they've been. Now, you have a podcast called Game Changers. What's that about? I do. Uh, Game Changers is a podcast series. Uh, it's an idea for a series that I came up with uh, when I was filming in Vancouver. And I, my filming would wrap, like my part would wrap around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I was like, i got to kill some time. I was by myself. I was in New, New Westminster in BC. And I was like, well, maybe I'll try you know, doing this podcast series and see if I could talk to some people. Um, so essentially it's about talking to people who are, who have essentially had success and, and, you know, made something of themselves and, uh, the game changing moments that led them to that point. So the people, the places or events that actually got them to that point. And the idea being, let's find out if, you know, for other people listening, can they, is there any way for you to, to determine when you're, you're in the middle of a game changing moment, can you create those own game, your own game changing moments? Um, just all those different aspects. I'm, I'm always interested in how people got to where they are because it's never really a straight line and it's never really, uh, uh, you know, I decided to do this and it happened. It doesn't really happen like that. Now, what I find interesting is that you've got a, a wide variety of people in different industries and there's always sort of seems to be sort of some sort of similar pattern through them all because mm-hmm. they've accomplished so much that one of the big things I took when listening to the show is that they really took no as not an answer that they wanted to hear. Yeah, they're pretty, they're all pretty driven. That's for sure. I mean, the common themes I found is that there's definitely a drive and a motivation. Um, but the big caveat to that is they might have started off gung ho in one direction. Um, but then, you know, circumstances, destiny, fate, whatever you want to call it, life, happened to them and they it's how they adjusted to that that actually made them successes uh but they didn't lose their determination and drive it wasn't a case of i'm doing this and and you know damn the consequences it was a case of i'm doing this and something happens to change that okay that's fine i understand i'm going to learn from that and i'm going to change direction slightly or change course slightly and now i'm doing this but that motivation and determination doesn't go away now what is interesting is that while you have this podcast called game changers where you interview people who are essentially game changers you are actually a game changer yourself now Am you I? were yes well you were a big deal on vine <laughs> and before that yeah. before that app shut down what made you decide to jump all in on vine um a lot of things uh, determined that uh, like made that decision for us um one is i thought it was a really cool platform it was really fun because it was essentially a video version. People who don't know, Vine was a video, the looping video platform. Uh, videos are about six and a half seconds long and they would loop. And it was kind of like a video version of Twitter. And I thought it was really cool and really fun. And I kind of messed around with it a little bit. And uh, you could kind of tell it was like, oh, this is something new. This is kind of like, to me, it was like the, 
cartoon section or the comic section of the newspaper, it was like, people are always going to go back to this. Like they're always going to pull this stuff to sort of like, you know, get their daily bit of brevity, a bit of laughter. And so uh, we did a couple and I thought, well, I'm going to really focus on kind of creating stuff people like. And I initially started stuff and, and a few people liked it. I would get like a bunch of vines where I would be with, uh, I would be me in this 12 inch plastic Chewbacca doll that I had when I was 10. And uh, we'd do these silly sort of stupid little sketches, me and this Chewbacca. And people at the pub would be like, that was really funny. I really liked it. I'd go down to the pub and be like, ah, I'd be like 50 people who have liked this, this video. It's like, this is crazy. I'm getting like more reactions from this immediately than I've ever gotten for anything that I've ever done. And then I really focused in and tried to figure out what it was that people would like. And I ended up doing a video called uh, Put Your Finger on the Screen. And it went crazy viral. And then I did about three more after that in the same, like within the space of about two and a half weeks. But also totally took off. Uh, as soon as I knew that first one is taking off i thought i have to jump on this the you know the 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 iron is hot i need to like move quickly so we just kept creating content it took off within a month um disney actually contacted us and said you know would you like to do this campaign with us make some more videos we'll fly you and the family down to to, uh, california and uh, take part in the social media all-stars event and i was like yeah this was crazy this is really good and it was amazing timing for us because we had a business for 10 years prior to that that uh, we ended up selling it in 2009, but prior to just, just before selling it, uh, we kind of stole a fraction of what it was. We actually had this major disaster happen in our business where it was actually hacked and we lost a tremendous amount of money. And so things are like fiscally really dire for us. Like they're really, really bad. Um, and it was super stressful. So this is like, oh, okay, this might be a new opportunity. I wasn't expecting to be 43 years old and making silly, stupid videos on the internet, but here we are and people are paying me for them. So let's go. And that was kind of the big game changing moment for me there. <laughs> wow. That just sort of seems like just sort of, I guess let's go in and let's do it because it's, it's something we need to catch on to. Now, what has your, been your game plan since Vine? Um, I, the game plan, even like when Vine was, was running hard um, and big was, uh, that sounded vaguely sexual. I take that back. Um, <laughs> but uh, we know when Vine was really going well, even when it was happening, it was all happening. I thought, you know, what I have to do is I have to. Uh, I had had some advice given to me. One was that my face should be in every video uh, because I need to brand myself. Um, and the reason you're branding yourself is because you want to become bigger than the platform that you're on, so that if the platform goes under or something else takes over becomes bigger than it you can always move your brand to whatever platform or ever whatever area or whatever market you need to and you've still maintained all that you've built up so for example when buying uh shut down i had i was about 1.2 million followers and literally it shut down on whatever day it was the 27th of october or something like i don't remember <laughs> like how you um, exactly exact yeah, date exactly. and time Exactly. Uh, that was the announcement, actually, the 27th of October. And it was like January 31st or something that had actually finished in 2017. And uh, I went down to zero followers. So I lost 1.2 million followers. And the only thing that my plan was, was, okay, well, leading up to that, I could kind of see the writing on the wall. We started to build our following on other platforms. We found Facebook was the best uh, platform for our audience. 
um, so slightly older demographic. Instead of, you know, uh, uh, 8 to 13, it was more case of 18 to 34 who were watching it. So there were more of those people on Facebook. Um, so the idea was just to carry that brand, make sure that my brand was bigger than the platforms that people would see who followed me on Vine would see that Brittle Star was on Facebook and, oh, I liked Brittle Star on Vine, so maybe I'll, I'll probably like Brittle Star on Facebook, that idea. Now, did you ever uh, take, like, as I saw, like, videos, Vine videos and loop them on YouTube uh, while you were still on Vine? Yeah, we did a couple of compilations, but, you know, honestly, the, the, they never really got the big numbers. The big numbers, there was always accounts on YouTube, and there still are, who just make Vine compilations. And they get, like, millions of hits and millions of views. Um, and thankfully, you know, the Vines that I was making were prominent enough that they got picked for these compilations and there's a company i signed to in 2014 called collab uh, in in los angeles and they actually monetized those vines for me so they would actually go out and find any of my vines and then take my cut of that monetization and i'm still getting paid for those vines like every month today <laughs> it's not too bad yeah hey, for sure for sure we're jumping in now I think that's actually a, a really good tip for a lot of people, uh, either YouTubers or companies that want to go on Facebook or whatever, is that you have to branch yourself off and actually try uh, and you know establish a ground point where you can keep your brand to yourself and not rely on another uh, app or yeah. site that... Uh, where you can get it for free because you never know when they can shut down. Exactly. They can get shut down. They can merge. They can, you know, whatever. They can just be sold and totally change. I think you look at anybody uh, who you, who I would think would be, if I look at anyone who I think successful, um, I mean, a good example is Amber Mack, who I think you've had on the show. Yes. Uh, she is a great example of a brand who has transcended anything that she's on. So she started off doing, you know, uh, you know, tech reporting and, and, and then also doing command and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, her, it didn't really matter where she was. It was still Amber Mack. You knew what you were going to get. So she could go to any platform and, you know, she does her serious show, serious XM show. She does TV stuff. She does, uh, live streams and you know that it's the Amber Mack brand. That this is what you're, you're going to get. So I think it is really important for, anyone who's starting to sort of think of themselves as a bit of a brand. It doesn't matter if it's themselves or their business. And I know it's, it's slightly easier with a business, but it's still hard. It's very difficult as an individual to start thinking of yourself as a brand because it feels kind of egotistical and it feels kind of, uh, you know, like you're being sort of almost like arrogant or something or delusional <laughs> maybe. Um, but I mean, I think that uh, it's really important. Your job is not to become, your job is not to make whatever platform you're on successful. Your job is to make your brand successful. If it happens to be successful on that platform, that's great. Then you can take it anywhere you want. Well, I think it's actually, I mean, it's a little bit harder for people like yourself and myself where they're freelancers, where you have your personal accounts, but then you have your business accounts, but they kind of blend in together because you you grow such a, a amount of people that, interact with you on your personal but you want to bring them over to your brand but you don't want to lose them because you have other things to promote to promote yeah for sure i mean it's always a, it's always a weird line because you know the reason that brands become successful and, and build up a following is is because they deliver the same things like there, there's no there might be little surprises but it's not like you can suddenly change 
and the, your followers will just go with you. It's not like you can imagine, you know, like the reason McDonald's is popular is because, you know, no matter where you are in the world, if you go to McDonald's, you can probably get a hamburger and some fries. Um, At least you hope. At least you hope, exactly. You, <laughs> might get, you might get variations of that, but you're gonna, that's basically what you're going to get. Yes. Um, as opposed to, you know, if they started, suddenly started selling, uh, I don't know, uh, running shoes or, uh, or, I don't know, phones or something. It might kind of work, but it's not going to be necessarily everyone who goes there to buy a burger is going to go, yeah, I'm totally buying my shoes here now, too. Um, so I think that with it is difficult. You have to uh, be mindful of what, it, what the reasons are that people follow you. Um, and then give them what they want and try not to shock them. I know that we know, I've certainly watched different people who have built up incredibly big followings uh, in one particular style of content and then try to just, you know, well, now that people follow us for that, let's give them this stuff and it's totally different. And people don't, they don't want it. They're like, oh, they feel kind of betrayed. So that, I mean, that is kind of difficult. But certainly as someone who's a, a, would consider themselves creative, it's rough because you want to react and you want to create things and different things. Um, but I always think back to the story that's like an anecdote of Picasso. And of course, Picasso was one of these, you know, few, uh, major influential painters whose stuff sold well while he was still alive. And he apparently wanted to paint ceramics all the time. He wanted to do plates, like, like the paintings on plates. And his agent essentially, for lack of a better term, said, Picasso, Pablo, dude, nobody wants your ceramics. They want canvas. Like we can't sell these plates. I know you want to do them, but they're not going to sell. Um, so I always find that kind of reassuring when I think back. I think, well, I'm not, I'm no Picasso, so I can I can maybe suck it up and just give the people what they want. Now, speaking of brands, um, your brand, I think, essentially is just a fun family man. Would you say? Okay. I, yeah, the I way think I so. see it, and a lot of your vid- a lot of your videos, both personal and sponsored, involve your wife Shannon and your kids. How yeah. fun is that to have them involved? in your work it's i mean it's it was like a quick flashback to the previous story about you know how we were in such dire straits um like financially it was incredible to have this opportunity where our bills were being paid we could spend time with the kids and we could travel and we certainly we've done so much that like we've done there's things we've done and places we've gone that we would never have been able to do without uh, you know, the success that we've had on social media. And I mean, as a family, it's fantastic. We've, like I said, we've had such amazing times together, uh, you know, that we just wouldn't have been able to otherwise. And we're very, very grateful for that. I mean, it's phenomenal. I think as, as a parent, the only thing you could say beyond that is as a parent, you've got to remember that your kids are not cast members. So, <laughs> so you, you have to, uh, you have to be. You have to make sure that they want to be involved with, especially with filming. You have to make sure that they want to be involved in any sort of filming production, you know, before you start it. Um, that was always the the big rule for us: was if you don't want to be in a video, you don't have to be in a video. Well, I think that's a, that's a good rule for parents to 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 think of, even personally when they're posting on social media stuff yeah, with their kids. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you think you, we've seen so many horror stories of like. Uh, YouTube people who are trying to basically create you know, and have created big audiences using their kids. Oh, don't get uh, me then, started on that. <laughs> I know. And then it's, and it's just, it's really terrible. It's like the kids don't want to do it or they're kind of unwilling partners. 
they might have fun sometimes, but they're being kind of, you know, it's like a terrible situation. I think as a parent, professionally, it's probably not the best, meaning like sort of cutthroat way to be successful. Cutthroat meaning, you know, if you want to be successful, everyone's doing this, damn it, and that's it. Um, and I think that that's no good. I think that as far as your kid's mental health goes and your own mental health and your own relationships go, you have to say, you don't have, if you don't want to be in this, it's not worth doing. Oh, I, I've banned my kids from seeing, from uh, watching those videos. Yeah, None. yeah. You know, there's yeah, there's sure. other fun stuff. Watch, you know, hey, I don't care if you want to watch the, the kids opening up the toys or, yeah, or sure. whatever, or the food challenges, but, you know, if it's stuff that the kids are being harmed, no. I, I, I don't want not. I don't want that garbage. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Now we're coming up to the end of the interview and what I like to do with my guest is have what I call the fast five. So five questions, first thought that comes to your mind. Okay, let me blank my mind. First okay. I'm gonna blank it. First oh, thing I'm blank okay. it. Okay. All right. Just, it shouldn't you... take very long. Okay, we're good. <laughs> okay. We're good. Favorite ad you have done? Favorite ad I have done yes. uh, is actually our Back to the Future ad. We did an ad for NBC Universal for the re-release of the Back to the Future ad, uh, DVDs, like the movies, and uh, it involved us wrapping our Ford Flex in tinfoil to look like a DeLorean, and me dressing like Michael J. Fox. I enjoyed that. It took nine hours to do that. Oh. It, was, it was just just under two seconds of the vine yeah. was that yeah. scene, but it took nine hours. See, see, mine was the KFC one. The backyard. Well, I mean, that's, that's. I mean, that's kind of the obvious one, and I, I mean, I really <laughs> like that one as well. I mean, I think that's one. Is we were actually discussing this recently, saying uh, myself and my youngest son Gregor is saying, you know, uh, our version of what our favorite video is is always clouded by metrics, and like, oh well, that one did really well, but I don't know if it's my favorite and that type of thing. Though, though, as a dad, the dad one, whether that was sponsored or not, that was the the one where you guys danced in the streets. Oh yes, yeah, that wasn't sponsored actually. Yeah, it was but, uh, our parody, yeah. yeah, our parody of Shape of You. For me, if I like that would be the ultimate because a it's a chance to embarrass your kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, advice you would give your kids when they do their videos? Uh, be genuinely sustainable. So, I think by that I mean uh, the thing that that works best for social video is authenticity or at least a sense of authenticity and that has to be sustainable so meaning if you're faking being authentic and sincere that gets that becomes a bit of a burden to carry on your fourth fifth sixth 17th 20th video um so you have to kind of give a version of yourself that is authentic but at the same time a version of yourself that you're going to be able to do in in video number 312 I think that's, I mean, my, my, my oldest daughter wants to start YouTube and I was like, okay, well you got to decide, you know, do videos for a year. What's the map? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think you don't have to be, you don't have to be too rigid because I think well, it goes back to the game changes conversation, but well, yeah. She wants to do challenges. And I'm like, so on your 10th video, you still want to do a challenge? Oh yeah. That's going to be rough. <laughs> okay. And you're going to end up doing weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Poutine or pizza? Uh, poutine. Favorite beer? Black Swan English Pale Ale. Is that a craft beer? That's a craft beer. Oh, I'm a friend always, of crafty. Oh, always yeah. the best. It's, yeah. Favorite place to pick up a shot of Java? Uh, 
going to say Baldex. Interesting. Tim's such a local guy. Well, hey, it's it's great to be local. Yeah. You know, you... I think there's, especially with beer and coffee right now, there's never been a better time for like craft beer and great, uh, you know, cafes, like get really great coffee at certain places. Yeah. And it's always great to support local businesses because they support the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it doesn't matter what business you're in. It doesn't make you, if you matter if you make videos or whatever it else is you do. If you kind of build up a nice network of people, other business people in your neighborhood, in your community, um, you can kind of all help each other, right? Which is good. Exactly. Well, thanks very much, Brillstar, for sitting down and chatting with me. Where can people find you on the internets? They can find me pretty much anywhere if they search for Brittlestar. Uh, Twitter, at Brittlestar, Instagram, same, and YouTube.com slash Brittlestar. Okay, well, thanks very much again, and have a good day, and we will get people out to see you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. I would like to thank Brittlestar for chatting with me, and thank you for tuning in. And you can contact me on Twitter, at Jason Perrier. That's at Jason, P-E-R-R-I-E-R. And use the hashtag, chance to chat with. There is someone who you want me to chat with. Until we chat again, I'm out.